Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? Going very folklorish. Uh-huh. Yeah, why don't you explain what that means? Well, it's the new album, so right. I'm just enjoying it. Right. So, that's all. Yeah. Taylor Don't want to expound too much, just saying that... That's what the folks really come for. I'm sure. Uh, actually, no, they don't come for that, Amy. They come for the SBC News, and we've got a full plate this week. Yes, we do. It's uh, it, it's yeah. Things are getting back in the swing. We had a couple of slow weeks like normal in July, but August is upon us, and things are starting back. So we start this week in Prattville, Alabama, where a bivocational Southern Baptist pastor has resigned from his church after the backlash resulting from his participation in a birthday celebration for Nathan Bedford Forrest. Many people know of Forrest as the Confederate general, as well as the first Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, so this has been a really big story. It got started in Alabama and kind of continued to build some attention. Uh, So it's a national story now at this point. Of course, the thing that got attention initially is that he is a state representative there uh, in the Alabama legislature. Um, is, so he's first term Republican state rep. And so that's really what got a lot of attention in his participation in that event. And as you mentioned, Nathan Bedford Forrest, historians, a lot of people have sort of shared his entire story, which indicated some changes in his position toward the end of his life. But a lot of the celebrations that we see today are not really celebrating that. And so no, this this celebration in particular and the concern uh, was for one that takes place in Selma at a private residence, uh, a home of a couple that calls their property Fort Dixie. And they host this celebration every year, basically a birthday party uh, for Nathan Bedford Forest. It, they raise funds for some Confederate memorials, have a lot of activities. And then, you know, in digging in, and we're not going to go into all the details here, but some of the activities, some of the things that they do there certainly have some questionable references, I would say that way. Is that the way, the best way to put it? Yeah. There were plenty of things about this event that I, I found offensive when I read about that. And so so I think that's part of what really got things stirred up. And then the Facebook post that Will Dismukes put out was what really got a lot of attention. Of course, it was happening at the same time as memorial services for Representative John Lewis. So it's just a, a lot of public conversation going on. This Facebook post drops in. That's what kind of stirred it up. But he also was a Southern Baptist pastor, uh, and that's kind of our interest on on this. But he is no longer. So during the week, Mel Johnson, the lead mission strategist for the Otago Baptist Association, was able to meet with uh, both uh, Dismukes as well as the church leadership, and and he said he was you know thankful for their leadership, for the prayer and encouragement as of many um, who have supported the church, and you know he's hoping that the church can move forward and remain focused toward Great Commission efforts to communicate the gospel and reach the world for Christ. So uh, I, I don't know if we'll be, have anything else from this story, uh, but if we do, we'll bring it to you here on the podcast. But uh, that, that kind of wraps that up in Alabama. But there's more from Alabama, Amy. Up in yes. northern Alabama, a COVID outbreak uh, is kind of tied to a church in north Alabama. More than 40 cases have been reported 
from Warrior Creek Baptist Church in Strawberry, Alabama. They had their annual revival the week of July 19th, and now their area is uh, considered a hot spot. So it's very difficult. They'd been meeting for a while with drive-in services, but then in June, they started back to some normal gatherings, and they decided to start their week-long revival. What happened was one of the men attending had tested positive, uh, even though he had no symptoms. So when that happened, when they learned about it, they shut the revival down. But by the end of the week, they had church members sick everywhere. So yeah, they had, including the pastor, right, right, and uh, he didn't doesn't have a lot of symptoms, but um, but he did test positive. No one has been hospitalized so far, but two of the cases are pretty serious. So just really just the sheer number of everyone, you know, getting sick. One thing I thought was interesting, it said a lot of members did skip, that masks were not required, and those who did attend practiced social distancing at the level they were comfortable with. If you were comfortable shaking hands, you shook hands. If you didn't, you didn't. Uh, that's kind of how they had they they were coming back and just really letting it, letting there be latitude for how people engaged but it still uh, seems like it it spread through quickly so very concerned for this church yes uh, i think a lot of churches are probably starting to deal with this too the ones that are starting to meet more and more uh there's another story we had at baptist press last friday afternoon late uh that was from fellowship church in Grapevine, Texas. Many of you know that. Ed Young Jr. is the pastor there. They have a camp, a lasso ranch out in Hawkins, Texas, that they have had kids going to all summer. Well, they've had kind of an outbreak with kids there, too. So there's a story in Baptist Press about that. So uh, again, kind of social distancing to your own level of comfort. A lot of the, the Facebook photos and things like that, Instagram pictures from those camps, no masks, not a lot of social distancing, that kind of thing and now dealing with an outbreak. So at least one child has been hospitalized. Uh, there's reports, a lot of varying reports on the numbers of people who have tested positive from that, but there wasn't anything. I don't think that was uh, hard enough news to be able to uh, to report a definitive number from Texas, but uh, dozens and dozens of kids basically from that camp uh, over the course of the last few weeks this summer have tested positive for COVID-19. So uh, it's it's just something that we're dealing with. I mean, we're seeing it in Major League Baseball. You had the Marlins and now the Cardinals. We've had outbreaks. Uh, you know, Phillies, it's happening. It's going to happen. And I, I don't know if there's a, a way around it, uh, you know, unless we're staying yeah. home and just stay safe, distance as much as, much as you can. I mean, kind of hoping our, our listeners right. will, well, will do that as well, you know? Yeah. And one of the things that we we have to keep in mind is we're not going to – all of us are not going to avoid it completely, you know. Yeah. But a lot of the measures have been about slowing the spread. And so mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do, just so that hospitals and medical facilities will be able to maintain and take care of people. So um, anyway, it's tough. All right. That ends the COVID portion of the broadcast, Amy. Yes. So <laughs> now Moving to on. some retirements. Yeah. It's the retirement section of the of the uh, of the show here. Jack Kwok, Ohio State exec, been there for 24 years. He announced his retirement this week in a virtual meeting of the State Mission Council and uh he he's going to retire at the beginning of December, Amy. So about 3 months away. Uh but Jack has been there since 1996. Has seen the convention grow to 713 churches and in those 20 years they've planted 574 churches. 
across Ohio. So uh, been a, a great work over the past 24 years. Thank you, Jack Kwok, for your service to Southern Baptists. Uh, I'm sure they'll have a, a big send-off for him this year at the state annual meeting uh, that they have up there in Ohio. They did name Bruce Smith as the interim executive director. He's currently associate executive director there in Ohio. So he will kind of handle the, the day-to-day after Dr. Kwok's retirement until a successor is brought on. Some news from Union, Amy. Ben Mitchell, who has served as the Graves Professor of Moral Philosophy there since 2009. He had uh, previously taught at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and then um, had spent time at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary as well as the Christian Life Commission. Very involved in Southern Baptist life in a number of different levels. And so his retirement was announced A lot of people have great respect for Ben Mitchell, particularly in his role as a a bioethicist. I mean, he is the top bioethicist in the Southern Baptist Convention and has been for many years. So he has done a lot in helping speak about ethical issues. Um, I have huge respect for him, have common ground in uh, one of our favorite authors, Wendell Berry, and he's been part of the Wendell Berry session that I uh, participated in at ETS every year. And so uh, the year I delivered a paper, he delivered one as well. So that was was uh, kind of my highlight, my fangirl moment with Ben Mitchell. Um, but he he's highly respected, and there is a great Baptist Press story uh, released from Tim Ellsworth there at Union that just shares all of his contributions. All right. Next, we head up to Jersey County, Illinois, Amy. I'm I'm sure you're very familiar with the Jersey County area of Illinois. It's just north of St. Louis. Uh, But there was a fire at Dow Southern Baptist Church this past week that really just did a ton of damage to the church building. It, It gutted the church building and took the roof almost entirely. Part of a wall collapsed inside of the church. It was charred and burned. So please be in prayer for Dow Southern Baptist Church just north of St. Louis up there in southern, well, I guess southwestern Illinois. Um, Man, those they pictures are, are terrible. From that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty bad. That's I mean, awful. We, we've, we, we've seen three or four fires over the years here on SBC this week, and this is probably one of the worst, uh, done most of the damage. Just, you know, small Baptist church, rural setting, and they lost their church, unfortunately, their church building. Be in prayer for them as they rebuild. Some news from Georgia, Amy. Yeah, David Melber, Chief Friend Operations of Officer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, very well known as the former president of Send Relief. So uh, familiar face would always be on the CP stage, other, other things at the SBC annual meeting. So he began as Chief Operations Officer for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board on July 15th. Uh, you mentioned the CP stage. I think I interviewed him at least once or twice on the CP stage, now that I think back on it. So congrats to David, good friend of the pod, and uh, glad to see him over there with Thomas Hammond and all our friends at the Georgia Baptist Convention. So all the best to him in that new role. And we got some folks up in Arkansas who have moved on from Camp Salome. Camp Salome, I, like a lot of Southern Baptist camp and conference centers this year, just Struggling. didn't have anybody going uh, because yeah. all of those things have gone. So they some of their staff have left. Uh, Robin Coppage, who's been the director of programs, uh, will become the associate director of enrollment and selection at Impact 360 Institute in Pine Mountain, Georgia. And also Chris and Summer Wright, who served as guest experience director and maintenance manager, respectively, 
called to a U.S.-based mission organization called Children's Bible Ministries. So um, those three, we wish them all the best. Thank you for your time at Camp Siloam up there in Arkansas. That's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, bring us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. I'm going to just go back to 1948 to a story that I just thought was really cool and inspiring. It was out of Birmingham, Alabama, uh, something that they were doing at Southside Baptist Church. So here's uh, he- here it is. It, the headline was, Every SBC's church has staff of 660 foreign missionaries. And so what they were doing for the church directory is they were adding a list of 10 missionaries immediately following, putting their names uh, and addresses immediately following the rest of the church staff, and then adding a new set of missionaries every week. So basically... They explained uh, the the pastor's column in the bulletin directory. I guess I guess that's what it, they were saying directory, but I'm I'm going to assume it's the church bulletin. And he explained instead of adopting one or two missionaries as our special representatives from the south side, we have on the official staff. That's kind of how he was saying it through the cooperative program. Some 660 foreign missionaries. Beginning with this issue and continuing for more than a year, we are going to list 10 of those missionaries along with our church staff every Sunday. As you make your contribution each Sunday to the, to the cooperative program, we could wish that each of you could visualize not only these 660 foreign missionaries, but the more than 1,000 home missionaries, the great educational institutions, the old retired ministers, the orphan children, the sick people, the many workers in our state denominational program. In fact, all the people and agencies we people call Baptist support. Through the cooperative program, our church shares in the support of every phase of kingdom work sponsored by Southern Baptists. So kind of a neat little uh, branding messaging strategy there to show the church at Southside how they have a part in the work of the entire convention. And so I just thought it was kind of cool. We're always talking about different ways that churches communicate about the CP. And this was a cool one. Southside Baptist Church was doing it this week in SBC history. So when do we get added to a church staff, Amy? Because we're funded by the cooperative program. We should reach out to Southside and ask, are you still adding the list um, in your bulletin? <laughs> and are we on there? I'm trying so. to think where Southside Baptist is in Birmingham. Although I, I don't think up. they were doing all of those people that they listed. They were It was foreign missionaries that they wanted to say, hey, these, you know, and, and again, obviously it wasn't like church staff, like you're employing these people, but just saying, hey, this is what you're supporting. These people are 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 doing work. They're they're part of the mission, you know, on our behalf in some ways. And we have a uh, we have an investment in the kingdom work that's happening around the world. It's just kind of an interesting way to communicate that to the people in the pew. Well, it's a gorgeous building, by the way. I'm looking at a picture of Southside Baptist Church. It's right there in Five Points on the south side of Birmingham. Hence the name Southside. And it's got these great Corinthian columns and stuff. It's yes, really, really nice. It's, it is beautiful. It really is. So, and if you picture. look, because I'm looking at a a picture from Facebook, it looks like maybe from their page or something that shows inside, and it's gorgeous mm-hmm. inside, as you would expect. So, yeah. So, yeah, really, really well, cool. pretty church. All right. 
Well, that's a, I like that but idea. They though. were uh, um, bought in in that. 1948, letting their people know what participating in the cooperative program meant. I like that idea, Amy. Um, seeing people as missionaries, both home and abroad, as people you know directly involved in the ministry of your local church, because you know that that's the great thing about the cooperative program, how it ties us all together, regardless of where you are in the SBC. We're all part of something bigger than ourselves thanks to the cooperative program. All right, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? I guess some videos that are from from last week. GoTo had a webinar last week. That's available online. And uh, also Black Church Leadership Conference, which could not happen at Ridgecrest this year, but they did everything online. Those videos are available as well. And uh, so we we had just had some events that a lot of times are only available for people who attend, but because of the availability and the connection that we're doing uh, over the internet during the current situation, we have access to them. So I want to make sure that those are out there for people. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I uh, we had a lot of people that were on the go to webinar. I know we had a story in Baptist Press about that, as well as the Black Church Leadership and Family Conference. Uh, Diana Chandler did that story for us over at Baptist Press. And uh, just they had a great turnout for both of those. I mean, more than they had expected for the go to and more than they've ever had attend for Black Church Leadership and Family Conference. So that was pretty cool that the, because of the internet, able to expand their reach. I, I think we've seen that. We had a story a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't remember what it was. It was about something else, though, kind of like this, where because they had something online, the exposure was a lot wider than in the past. So uh, that's one thing that I think churches have done a really good job of, and, and not just churches, but ministries as well, is adapting to that video-based environment and being able to provide those for, or those resources for people through uh, web-based training. So uh, my resource of the week is the new NAM evangelism kits. They're available for free for pastors. So uh, NAM just announced that this week uh, that you can contact them and you can get uh, evangelism training kits for Hoosier One, Three Circles, The Best News, and Live This. So all four of those resources, uh, the first copy of each of those are free for pastors. It includes shipping and handling. All you have to do is go to nam.net slash evangelism and and get those resources but there's kits that you can use in your church to spur your church members on to evangelism uh, i know with the the pandemic we've had uh, i've gotten to know my neighbors more because we've been home more we've been around you know we, we don't get close to them we don't go to their house or anything like that but you know we we talk to our neighbors a lot more we're seeing them uh we had a vbs like a backyard kids club vacation bible school here in the neighborhood as part of our VBS because we didn't have it at the church, able to meet more neighbors through that and having their kids out, you know, in the in the cul-de-sac here. So uh, great opportunities for you to be uh, able to train your people in evangelism through these resources from the North American Mission Board to get people into their communities to tell others about the love and the hope found in Jesus Christ. So I highly encourage those. Check those out. NAM Evangelism Kits over at nam.net slash evangelism. They just did a big announcement on that this week. They're all free for pastors, those first copies. So check that out, nam.net slash evangelism. All right, Amy, that's going to do it for our news this week. School's getting ready to start across the country. We had some some people on our staff, their kids went back this week. Like it's July still. Kids are back in school. It's crazy. Yeah, it is nuts. Well, we're getting ready for uh 
things to kick up here in a couple of weeks, but they certainly do look different this year. Yes, they certainly do. Our, our kids are starting digitally. I think yours are as well. Um, I mean, it's just um, just a different environment. So uh, trying to figure that out and uh, work with them and try to be patient as we can <laughs> with one another here in the house as uh, they start back school this coming Friday. So uh, looking forward to that next week. I know they're excited, but they, at the same time, it's just there's a little bit of like, what's this going to be like? Because we don't really know. Anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. We've, we're starting to see some news, folks. Just so you know, we're starting to see some news about state conventions. Uh, we're kind of tracking those. We're going to have a page up on the SBC website about changes that may happen or are happening with state conventions and their schedules. Some of them have moved online already and been canceled the, uh, and had the in-person meetings canceled. So we're kind of keeping an eye out on that for you and try to get you a repository of all those. And if you see or know anything in your state, Hit us up on Twitter, you know, DM us. Our DMs are open at SBC This Week or mine at Jonathan underscore Howe on Twitter or shoot us an email, jhow at sbc.net. Let us know what's going on in your state uh, if anything changes. We love hearing from you out there in kind of the front line of ministry in your states. Uh, so it's always good to hear from, from y'all. And uh, once again, Ben Mitchell, Jack Kwok, thank you for your service. Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.